my goal in life is not to minimize the consumption of things, but to consume the optimal amount of things. We get something nice, then we have this um, perception that we should have other nice things, even if they're not necessarily directly related. We just begin a, um, a pattern of expectation. That, uh, that expectation is kind of what drives a lot of the Diderot effect. Sometimes less is more, sometimes none is more, and sometimes more is more. Welcome to the Living Life Our Way podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you live intentionally. Our goal is to take back control of our lives by living life on our terms. Join us as we work towards living life our way. Alrighty, welcome back. This week we're going to talk about the Diderot effect. So first, I guess, what is the Diderot effect? It is named after a, a French philosopher, Denise Diderot who had uh, an experience where he went from fairly impoverished circumstances to very affluent circumstances. And uh, it refers to how that impacted him and, and his consumption and desire for different luxury goods. Yeah, so in 1773, his daughter was getting married. He was pretty poor. And Catherine the Great, who was a big fan of his work, uh, decided to step in and purchase his entire library for $50,000, which in today's money is like uh, $1.8 million. So it was obviously a very generous purchase on the part of Catherine the Great. And so Denise Diderot was able to pay for his entire daughter's wedding and then uh, ended up treating himself to a nice new red robe. And I don't know that that would be the first luxury item that I'd go out and purchase myself, but he purchased this uh, this this robe that was you know very nice. I'm sure the the height of fashion for the day. But soon he started realizing or started feeling like it was out of place with his other belongings and furnishings, and uh, he he started with. Um, his chair and an old chair that had served him just fine to that point. He decided that now with this uh, this lovely robe, he needed to upgrade, and so he treated himself to a new leather chair, and and that began kind of a cascade of trying to acquire uh, and purchase furnishings and and goods that that were more um, elevated in terms of their their style. The Diderot effect, as it became known, is the cycle of one purchase leading to the necessity of more purchases, kind of this cascade of, of purchasing to try and fit things together. What makes it interesting is to think through why that happens, and it often happens maybe not in an absolute direct lineal fashion, but for instance, uh, if we get a new pair of shoes might suggest to us, hey, we probably should get a new suit to go with those shoes or a new dress to go with those shoes. So that's a fairly lineal relationship, but sometimes it might be uh, a little bit more indirect where we get something nice, then we have this perception that we should have other nice things, even if they're not necessarily directly related. We just begin a um, a pattern of expectation for ourselves that we're going to be getting nice things. Yeah, so that uh, that expectation is kind of what drives a lot of the Diderot effect. So you get a new phone, you're expected to have a phone case. That's maybe a lineal thing, but it, it stems from that expectation of what is the next step in that. So 
buy a new house, then you buy a new car. Not necessarily or, related, but um, kind of that, that opulence fosters more opulence. Right. And the, the question is, we've been talking about it, um, is what causes that? What's the source of that need? And some things are fairly obvious, you know, that you, you move into a, ro- uh, a home that has three bedrooms uh, from an apartment that had one bedroom, there's just going to be some natural needs to to accommodate the added space. And, and there's some parallels, you know, in other areas, you, have, you know, add a second car, maybe you need another emergency kit. So there's some that that's certainly entirely justified. Um, but as we've talked a little bit about it, what we have started trying to reconcile in our own mind is the underlying causes for that and how it relates to general consumerism. Yeah. So is it something where there is a internal dysphoria in terms of harmony or is it the appearance of harmony that we're seeking for the sake of others? So if we buy a nice house, are we buying the nice car because we feel like it needs to fit or are we buying it because we feel like our neighbors will pass judgment on us for driving a 1980s truck? Right. And so for Diderot, he bought this robe and before he acquired it, he expected that there would be some intrinsic value in having that robe, that the robe itself would provide some value to him that he felt like he was missing with his old robe. When he acquired it, it did not, at least arguably, did not satiate whatever um, he expected, or, or it didn't provide the value that he expected. So he then said, there's some additional item, the leather chair, that if I acquire that, now that will harmonize with the robe and will provide me that that value that I'm seeking, whatever you know, whatever that might have been for him. The the problem that we've discussed is is whether or not that disharmony that he that he felt between the the robe and his old chair was that internally driven or was the concern, I now have this nice robe. If a guest were to come to my home and see this nice robe and then see a shoddy older chair, did he expect that their perception of him would be different? And we can't talk with Denise Diderot, so a little hard to know exactly where that is, but we certainly have our beliefs based on our experiences uh, and, and kind of the way that we interface with different items. It obviously can come from either way where uh, like buying an emergency kit for your car, that's not necessarily something that you're purchasing for the sake of the appearance for others. Um, That's something that is intrinsically valuable. But Denise Diderot buying a nicer chair may not have generated the intrinsic value. We don't know how nice this leather chair was that he upgraded to. And we don't know, but it's hard to expect, again, based on the way that we interface with stuff, that the stuff is actually going to ever sort of create a level of enough. Buying new stuff naturally does have this, um, at least in American culture as we observe it, it, it is always the step to more stuff. Like the more is always better 
is the danger that the Diderot effect specifically, but consumerism generally leads to. I don't know, Jeff, if you feel differently, but but I generally find that when I acquire something, super excited, it's fun to go shopping for it. It's super exciting to, to get that new item, but my satisfaction with it, my excitement about it, what, what it feels in me declines fairly rapidly, and I find myself pretty quickly thinking about something else related or otherwise but thinking about getting something else i don't know if you have the same experience i I think it's chasing the dopamine effect a lot of studies have gone and studied people who travel and have found that they're actually happier planning the trip than the the trip planning brings them more or anticipation or anticipation than the actual trip itself i think that a lot of that goes into our consumeristic culture in that we like the anticipation of purchasing. Once we've purchased it, now that now that uh, level of attainment has just moved to the next item. If we don't do so, if we don't purchase things intentionally, which brings us kind of to the point of of what we're trying to do and what we're working uh, through, and hopefully uh, you'll join us on that is making these things intentional. So, how do we avoid that natural temptation of the Diderot effect or of consumerism generally? Um, at, at least in their very negative manifestations. And for us, the key, imperfect at it as we are today, the, the, the key is really to make that plan in advance, to, to really look at it from the standpoint of saying, how does this item fit into the life that I am trying to create? You know, be, be intentional about what hole it will fill and I know when I do that, when I'm better at it, it's much easier to dismiss or, or really stop thinking about things that clearly aren't going to fit well, or at least are not a priority in the, the life that, that I'm really working to or want to be working towards. Yeah. And, and another way to really be super intentional about your purchases is recognizing the Diderot effect and kind of constraining it. So recognizing I'm purchasing a new iPhone, I'm going to need a case and a screen protector because my old case and screen protector simply won't work for this new one. Recognizing that it's a holistic purchase and not saying, okay, well then I also need a new purse to put my iPhone in, but constraining that to say, okay, this is the purchase. These are the things that it necessitates. Are these things a necessity? And what is the cost of the whole purchase? Not simply the first purchase in the cycle. Right. And and so part of it comes from defining what it is that I I want in my life. And then to the point you make about sort of designing the holistic purchase yeah. to to make sure that it fills that need that need or that desire that you've defined. Yeah. And and the more explicit we can be in defining that, that it's that it meets that need that we've defined, that we're designing it in a way that fills that need but does not expand the want. Correct. You know yeah. what I mean? And then and then making sure that we're aligning our actions and our decisions for that designed plan and that defined outcome. And so the the intentionality is really the empowerment to avoid the uh, being run over by the Diderot effect or consumerism generally would be yeah. the way I see it. Totally. And I think just like to sum it all up, um, James Clear has a quote in his article about the Diderot effect, which was immensely helpful in compiling our thoughts on on the Diderot effect. And he says, my goal in life is not to minimize the consumption of things, 
but to consume the optimal amount of things. And I think that kind of working towards optimization of our lives is really that truly being intentional. You can restrict, I think uh, it was Lex Friedman who talks about his relationship with social media and he only will get onto social media when he's going to post. Rather than saying, I'm not gonna do any social media, he's creating that optimal uh, ecosystem wherein he can be effective with his use of social media. So I don't think that the goal is ever to cut out certain parts of our lives, it's to optimize those parts of our lives so that we can kind of achieve that life design that we and, want. And to be clear, optimizing may mean cutting out, but cutting out may not be optimizing. Correct. So that's really the the idea of defining what you're trying to accomplish and then designing accordingly is being um, mindful that sometimes less is more, sometimes none is more, and sometimes more is more. But, but making that fit into the life you're trying to design. So great, great observations, Jeff. Yeah, we... We look forward to whatever topic we decide to talk about next. We haven't really planned out this uh, podcast as well as we would have liked, but there will be more planning and more podcasts to come. So look forward to the next uh, the next conversation. Conversation, Jeff. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks.